Hi folks and welcome to episode 601 of Locked On Canadians. Today's episode is going to be a bit of a special one. We're going to focus on the tribute to Guy Lafleur that the Canadians put on. We're going to talk a little bit about some other things with three up and three down, but we're going to focus on Guy Lafleur today. We wanted to really pay him the respects and that's coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. and welcome to episode 601. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I'm Laura Saba, I'm one of your hosts, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined by Scott Matlow of Habs Eyes on the Prize. There is a lot to talk about in Montreal Canadiens land. The Rocket have made the playoffs, Carey Price is injured and might be resting, might be not, might be worse. We don't know. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to talk about all of that stuff on tomorrow's episode because today we wanted to talk about the tribute to Guy Lafleur that the Canadians put on at the Bell Centre. We're also going to do our three up and three down uh, as it's Monday, but there's some stuff that's a little bit relevant, I would say. Um, and uh, I happened to be at the Bell Centre and Scott was watching at home and I think, Scott, you would agree that it was a pretty emotional night. For everybody. <laughs> Nobody does tributes like the Montreal Canadiens. And you can run the old jokes that their ceremonies take forever and that they're drawn out. And then I will point to the game tonight and the ceremony ahead of time and the incredible work they did. Their sponsors were okay. They pulled every sponsor off the boards at the Bell Center. The only thing on the side was Guy Lafleur's signature, his you know date of birth and the year that he passed away and his number 10 as a tribute to a man who is a living legend. And that alone is extremely... To look at it this way is that the NHL is a money-driven league and to have that many sponsors go, yes, we are okay with you not having us on the board in one of the biggest games of the season at for you know the Canadians with the way that it went. It speaks to the stature and the status of a player like Guy Lafleur. And then to cap that all off, the Frank Sinatra tribute video. I was fine going into mm-hmm. this. I'm like, all right, I kind of got my tears out. I've kind of gotten over this. And then my way starts playing and there's a very big familial connection in that, you know, one of my, you know, now past family members was a huge fan of Frank Sinatra. So that hit and we talked about how it's a song that gets overused sometimes, but with Guy Lafleur, it fits because he was, he did things his way. He was Guy Lafleur unapologetically and forever It was a stunning tribute. And then they gave him 10 minutes and 10 seconds of nonstop standing ovation. Enough that the in-house PA was interrupted twice 
and then powered through a third time because that they would have kept cheering and this game would have been finishing up right about now. And it's 1145 at night when we are recording this. This has been a garbage, no good crap season. And the Canadians fans turned out in droves to pay their respects at this game to a uh, now past legend and game aside, I cannot think of a better way to send off one of the icons of the seventies and early eighties dynasties than by cheering your absolute eyes out for 10 and a half minutes straight. It was about as close to perfect as you could get. And if you haven't had a chance to watch it, all of it, and I mean all of it, I highly recommend you find a way to do that because it's stirring almost feels like an understatement, but it feels very apt in this point in time. Do you think I can describe what it was like to be there? Do you think our listeners would watch it? Oh, yeah. Please don't take my word for it. I watched it on TV and sobbed in my living room. Laura was there. So, like, please don't take my word for it. I I am so sorry. (laughs) No, I just... I don't know if it's worth it, you know, because I always, I, I always feel kind of like kind of jerk. I've, I've got, I've gotten to go to lots of special games in my lifetime, and this was one of them. And it always happens by luck. It was truly luck. I had a friend who's a Bruins fan coming into town, said she got tickets for cheap a long time ago because the Habs were not that good. Nobody was going to want to go to that game, so people were putting their tickets on the market. So we got really great seats. Um, and uh, I was excited to go to the game. And, uh, you know, and then a couple of days ago, obviously, when Gila Fleur passed away, I thought, I wonder if they're going to be able to get a tribute ready in time for Sunday's game. But it's the Montreal Canadiens. Of course, they could get a tribute ready in time for, for Sunday's game. And it was interesting because, like my friend, a lot of people came in from Boston. There were a lot of Bruins fans. There's a lot of Bruins fans in Montreal as well. There were a lot of Bruins fans at the game. Obviously, there were a lot more Habs fans. But... Even the Bruins fans were on their feet, cheering, doing flashlight tributes. And I didn't realize I was crying until I tried to cheer and my voice got caught in my throat. It was just one of those moments where you get really swept up with the crowd. It was loud. I do think it's a little bit for the Canadians to clock it at 10 minutes and 10 seconds. I mean, I wasn't timing it on my watch or anything like that, but it just seems a little bit too perfect. Uh, But it was very long. It was very long. It was loud. My hands hurt from clapping. Like I said, I didn't realize I was crying. It was very emotional. There were so many cheers. And I think people kind of really wanted to embody the the cheering aspect of it, like uh, Patrick Roth. I think it was Patrick Waugh that said, uh, you know, we shouldn't honor him with silence. We should honor him with cheers. And we did kind of both. Even the moment of silence had cheering in it. And it, it was it was one of those things where, you know, Canadian fans are generally okay at, at moments of silence. But this one um, and so many times they tried to get the moment of silence going and, and we just wanted to keep cheering longer. And it just felt natural. It didn't die down at all. Like it didn't. The volume didn't go down. It was just 10 minutes of straight cheering and he was trying to cut through, but there was no real break for him to cut through. And I think that was, um, it, it was such a special moment. And it's interesting because I expected for people to be crying, but I think they know that there's going to be an opportunity to pay respects when he's lying in state. And we're going to talk about that in, in our second segment. I think people knew that this was a moment to celebrate what kind of a person he was and to embody that joy. You know, he had so much joy. We talked about it on our mini episode. He had so much joy. He was a hockey player. He loved his life as a hockey player. He enjoyed that. And 
you know, before they started the the the, the tribute that they had showed, uh, there they had they, you know leading in there were a few quotes and things like that from him, and it was it was just you know he was a great man on and off the ice, but he knew what it meant to be a Montreal Canadian, and he knew what he meant to fans, and so he gave as much of himself to fans as possible and I do think that in our next segment we should talk a little bit about some of the things Nick Suzuki said some of the things Martin St. Louis said um, because we want to contextualize like today's NHL is very different than the old NHL and today's Canadians are very different than the old Canadians but the weight of of being a Montreal Canadian kind of seemed to really uh, come through tonight and so I want to turn our attention to that in our next segment BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget, the NHL playoffs are coming up, and you can use BetOnline. Even though the Habs are not in it, there's going to be lots of action then. So one of the things that I wanted to share from... I think I think they showed it eventually on TV. I don't know, like, but at the end of the game, uh, you know, we thought the three stars were going to be Boston three stars, so people were filing out of the arena. But we noticed the Canadians were milling about on the ice a little bit. The Bruins had were leaving and had left, and their equipment guys and all of that. And we noticed they they like you know they were all kind of standing around, and then they went to the side, um, and they they raised their sticks in tribute to Gilafer, who was on the screen. Um, and I thought that was probably for me the moment that I cried the most the, the 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 emotion that I felt the most right since Friday since we found out on Friday um it it was to me it it showed that they understand the weight of what they do and who they are and even in the tribute you know they were talking about how Gila was talking about like you know we're playing a game for a living that kind of stuff um it's very easy to say they're playing a game for a living, right? They're hockey players. They get paid no matter what. If they play badly, they, they pay, play well. They, they make millions of dollars. And today's NHL is all about there's so much science that goes into it and nutrition and all that. But at the end of the day, we, we as fans, sports for us is a feeling. And all the BS, sorry. I'm like, all the BS gets swept aside. And it seemed to me that tonight was one of those nights where the Montreal Canadiens, no matter who it was, whether it was William Lagesson called up, or it was, you know, Carey Price has been there forever, although he wasn't he wasn't playing, he wasn't dressed. Um, they understood what it means to be a Montreal Canadian. And, and the thing is, they did show it a little bit on TV, but they cut away from it. You could see Brendan Gallagher on the bench kind of ushering the guys and making a gesture that, you know, we're... And I'm like, I know exactly what they're doing. And it's exactly, I think, how that game should have ended. They didn't win, but they damn sure gave it everything they had in that third period there and they lost to a good team it is what it is and I have a quote here from Nick Suzuki after the game and I I cannot help but look at this and go this is a guy who should be wearing the C on his chest next season Uh, and this is from at Habs and High Heels uh, the Habs' Nick Suzuki says he'd like to take a page out of Guy Lafleur's book to leave a positive impact on people he comes across. 
Every time fans come up to me, I take the time to speak to them, to sign autographs. It's part of being a Canadian, a Montreal Canadian, leading by example in the community. And that continues. All that stuff is top of the line for me. And I want to keep doing it for the rest of my career. And I'm sure other guys want to do that too. This is a very young player in the NHL. One who's gone through a wild three years with the Canadians organization already. And he gets it. I look at that and that is someone who embodies what the Montreal Canadiens are. They are not just a hockey team. They are an institution in not only Montreal, not only in Quebec, but in across Canada. It means something to be a Montreal Canadian and to want to be that face to always make time for fans. That's what Jean Beliveau did. That's what Guy Lafleur did. That's what Saku Koivu and all these other greats of this organization did. And Nick Suzuki wants to be one of those people. Nick Suzuki doesn't just want to play hockey for the Montreal Canadiens. Nick Suzuki wants to become part of the lore and the rich tapestry that is the Montreal Canadiens. And that, to me, is maturity and leadership beyond his years. And this is not a slight to a Brendan Gallagher or a Joel Edmondson or anyone else. But this is a guy who I would follow into the inferno if he asked me to because he gets it. And I am so proud to have someone like Nick Suzuki playing for this team to be part of that next generation of the Canadians. And I, it, as far as emotions go, this is part of that. I am, I am so proud of what he's done and we've had his mother on this show and it's very clear where he gets his sense of morals and values from. And it's a very, it's a great thing to see in a sport that sometimes has lost its way a little bit in terms of what it means for the fans. I just want to share something as well. Um, this is from Michel Lacroix, who, as you know, is the announcer um, in, in at the Bell Center. And he says, I would have been very disappointed if you didn't interrupt me in order to pay tribute to Guy Lafleur. With respect, you once again proved that you were the best fans in the world. Thank you for everything. I, you know, it's been a few days since he's passed away and there have been so many beautiful things written and I, I, I wasn't joking. I tweeted about this and I don't think people believe me, but even my therapist on Saturday morning had a Guy Lafleur anecdote, um, which is kind of, it, it's part of what it means to be a Montrealer and it's kind of what it means to be a Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, he's not really a Canadiens fan. He just, you know, uh, he's part of the city. He, he lives in the city. He's from the city. Um, and I just, I think that, this is one of those things where when you think about it, there are no greats like that left. We aren't going to see greats like that. Even the modern greats, the aura that comes with them is very different than the, the historic ones, right? Um, and you can have players that maybe will be better on the ice, speedier, more skilled, faster, all of that. But when you look at the idea of a legend, it's like it's it's something that is larger than life and will never die. And that to me is something um, that that we've had a lot, a, a luxury of in Montreal. We've had so many of them. So many of the greats were Montreal Canadians. Um, and this feels like, 
you know, it feels like one of the last. And so uh, just a couple of details. If you haven't heard already, you probably have. But on the 1st and 2nd of May, uh, the Gila Fleur will be lying in state at the Bell Center and fans can go pay, pay tribute. Um, and then on Tuesday, this the 3rd, is when he his funeral will be. His family has agreed to let Quebec give him a state funeral. Um, and I think that's very generous of them because it must be such a huge a painful time for them and to not only have shared your loved one with an entire province and at times an entire country and you know an entire sport to have shared that throughout his life you're also sharing your grief with everybody and you're sharing him with us in death which to me is it's so selfless and it's so generous and i think you know it it just it goes to show just just how big of a, a you know just how big of a deal he was and I will never forget being at that game. And, and you know, there was so much craziness to on ice and officiating and things like that. We can get into that tomorrow. It's fine. Um, but that just being in, in the arena at that time, it was one of the loudest times I've heard it. Uh, I have to say it could be the loudest times that I've been there. Actually, that's not true. Uh, it's probably the second loudest time that uh, that I've heard it, uh, for at least from where I was sitting. And people were very emotional, but in, in a very happy way. And I will never trade that game so thank you to my friend melissa for for taking me um i didn't expect to be there and uh you know i feel extremely lucky to have been part of that tribute even though i was not around to watch him play i i i've kind of run out of words of like how to describe all of this in that you know if you're going to be going to his um I, I don't want to call it awake, but him lying in state at the Bell Center. Um, I do hope everyone behaves as they should. And it's Montreal is going to be in a state of mourning for those three days. When Jean Beliveau passed away, it it felt like the city was very united in the remembrance of him. And I think we're gonna see that with this as well we keep seeing photos of flowers and hockey gloves and sticks left outside his statue at the bell center and around uh, Quebec as a whole. And it's going to be the same thing for those two days that he's at the bell center. And, you know, I don't think I need to tell people that, Hey, you know, it, be respectful in your tributes. I can't imagine anyone would try and act out there. I my only regret is that I cannot go myself to pay tribute to a Canadian's legend, but when I come up for the draft, I will find my own way to do so in that. So I I think I've kind of run my course on stuff to say about that. You know, I I hope he's you know at peace now. He gets to see his old some of his old line mates, some of his old friends and teammates, and I hope his family has uh, some measure of you know peace in their time of mourning right now. And just two more things that I'm going to say from what I observed when I was there. Uh, just, you know, we know we've, we've got listeners all over the world who probably couldn't be there and probably don't have, you know, uh, access to the same TV and, and stuff that we do, uh, news broadcasts and stuff that we do. But um, there was a line to go to his statue and leave something. When we arrived there, it wasn't there, but it formed uh, as we were waiting to get inside. So there's like there was a line for like this fan thing area fan appreciation thing and then there was a line next to it to like you know go and leave something or 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 pay tributes to to the statue um and also i forgot to say that they had invited uh some legends uh i'm sure you saw that on tv 
uh, that they they had the spotlight on some of the legends that had gotten to play with him or just to be part of the alumni with him. Um, and it was it was a really emotional, really beautiful night. And I really hope that our listeners um, are OK with us having spent uh, a couple of segments talking about just the tribute. Um, it meant a lot, I think, to me as a fan. And I know it meant a lot to Scott as well. So, you know, our regular programming will be back tomorrow, but we will still have our three up and three down. Um, and that's coming up in just one moment but first you know the drill built bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar we love built bar it's so delicious they've got 18 delicious flavors that are low in sugar low in net carbs low in calories and really high in protein not only that they're made with real chocolate and there are so many delicious flavors they are all about the taste and the flavor i use them in the morning as breakfast you know when i'm on the go a little bit scott takes them hiking we love them so much and every once in a while they have special edition flavors as well they're really really tasty so there's always something new in addition to their 18 delicious flavors and if you go to built.com you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, so Scott, three up and three down. <sighs> All right, so I know we're going to talk about the officiating in tomorrow's episode. And I'm trying to keep this, you know, as low key as I can, because I do not have the ability to get my heart rate up this late at night. But holy sweet, merciful Christ, in a year of horrific officiating, this is a game that was out of control from the start. The minute Jeff Petrie cleanly hit Patrice Bergeron, this game went out the window. Brad Marchand was off his nut. Trent Frederick was off his nut. And then they called Mike Hoffman for a penalty shot on a play where he made an incredible defensive play, didn't even touch Eric Hollis' stick, and it resulted in a 2-0 goal for the Bruins. And I just got to go, what the hell are we even doing here? And Apparently games just across the league were a mess tonight and it was like everyone was uniformly mad at the officiating, which, you know, kind of points to, hey, maybe it's just not very good. So that's that's my biggest down from this weekend. It was really, really disappointing in what was an exciting game that the officiating played such a big role in that. I mean, that's definitely mine, too. And it was a topic of conversation at the game, actually. My friend and I were talking about officiating. It's hard to get into the NHL level of it. It is. There are so many barriers to entry. But not only that, once you get there, it's a thankless job. You're away from your family all the time. Everyone hates you. And you have to be on the ice for all, like, like dealing with these, like, for all intents and purposes, bros. Right? Like, I don't want to do that. Do you? And it's like, you have to be in the best shape of your life until you're like 50. And I just, I can't even, you know, like nobody wants to do it. So there's a shortage, but then there's so many barriers to entry. So like, even, even, even if like there were, there were people willing to do it, it's hard to do it. Like no wonder officiating sucks. So like, I feel like, you know what we should do is we should get um, scouting the refs on. I'm going to try and get scouting the refs on and we can talk about like why officiating is just declining in the NHL. Like, you watch the players get better with all kinds of science and improvement and investment and money. 
why can't they do that with the officials? Anyway, all right. So another down. I just, I feel really bad. I really, really do. I, I, Mike Hoffman. He's, he's trying. He's trying so hard, but everything he does is wrong. The, 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 the game against the Senators was just, he's either making a superstar play or he's a dumpster fire. There's no in between. I thought he was very good against the Bruins and just what I, 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 I don't know what to make of him because you can see that he's got the skill and when it's working, it's working. But when it's going wrong, it goes wrong disastrously. Titanic levels of bad. And we talked about that with Jeff Petrie a little bit, that when he screws up, it blows up in his face in a big way. It's never, ah, you know, he missed a stick check and this or that. It's always Mike Hoffman made a mistake and ended up in the back of the net like clockwork. And And I do feel bad. And it's not like he made a mistake because he was being lazy. He was like trying to do a thing and it went wrong. Exactly. It's like, yeah, he tried. Okay, but it still ended up in the net. It's like, I... Uh, my biggest fear is they're going to trade him, which cap space, great, whatever. And he's going to fit in with a new team. And we're going to look at this and just go, ah, crap. You know, it's just okay. it just wasn't the right fit. So it's, it's fine. You know what? I'll be happy, though, because then, you know, it won't just be that he's just bad at making decisions. You know what I mean? Like if he fits somewhere else, I'll feel better about all the crappy things I've said about him this, this, this season. Uh, and then third down. I'm not entirely sure if this is really a thing, but I feel like I'm going to say it because the Rocket had two chances to clinch. They ended up clinching by another team giving them the assist. And I know, I know, I know it's kind of like being nitpicky a little bit, but we need them to rise to the occasion and they didn't. Twice. It was it was a very rough pair of games there because then Toronto went out and got smacked by Belleville the next day and it's like couldn't y'all have played like this the it, it's disappointing that they they clinched the division last year with an overtime loss to Toronto and then they clinched a playoff berth this year by doing nothing and hope having <laughs> Cleveland win two games which thanks Cleveland on the other side. The Rocket made the playoffs, which puts them on my up list. It's the yes. first time in franchise history, first time in five years a Canadian's AHL affiliate will be in the playoffs. And my hope is that now that they have clinched a spot, everyone's shoulders kind of unclench a little bit, play the way that you know how to play here, secure that 2-3 spot there that you don't want to be in the play-in, and go from there. Deep breaths and do what you do best. I don't think they're as bad as the last two games show, but they still are in tough in a very competitive division. I agree. Um, they're also one of my ups. It's, you know, it's downs and ups. We, this, we had this happen last week where I had a, the same player on the down and the up. Uh, and now it's time for three ups. I, uh, I, I guess their defensive play has been a little bit better in the last couple of games. Jeff Petrie played really well against Boston. I know that he was a minus on the night. But we saw a physicality from Jeff Petrie. We saw prominent, precise playmaking from Jeff Petrie. I thought that was as close to like last year's Jeff Petrie as we've seen all season. They lost. But here's the thing is, I thought this was the best he's played. He set the tone early with that hit on Patrice Bergeron. He made good passes. He made good reads. 
I I have very little fault to find with him. He goes on my up list for that right now. I thought it was a really strong game from him overall. I think I think so too. Uh, I think I think overall they've tightened it up a little bit. I thought that they played. I actually we said we weren't going to talk about the Sens game, but I will say that I thought that they played better defensively than I've seen them. It obviously didn't result in a win in either of these games that we're talking about. But the last few games, I, I thought that I swore less about the defense. Um, so I am going to give them an up just because, you know. And then my third up is going to go to one Nick Suzuki, who um, I'm always impressed by. I think he's always amazing. He's always intense. He always rises to the challenge. But the words that he said today after that Gila Fleur tribute game, he understands it. He gets it. He's amazing. I I love him and I'm really glad that they locked him up for a long time. I'm really going to enjoy watching this kid grow and become a leader on this team in this market. I'm really going to enjoy how he interacts with the fans. He's already doing it. You know, he said himself, I try very hard to stop and give give the fans time because that's something that a Canadian's legend would have done like Gila Fleur would, right? And I can't say enough about him. I, I feel like it's probably cheating of me to do this, but I really don't give a crap. It's my own damn podcast. So my final up is going to go uh, to Guy Lafleur. obviously. I think that's the very easy, easy option here. Like I said in our uh, short video the other day is you don't become the all-time leading scorer in a franchise full of legends by accident. You You stand head and shoulders on the shoulders of other giants in this team here. He was a little bit too late for, you know, Maurice Richard. He got to play with Jean Beliveau at the very end of his career. And then he set that tone to that next generation of superstars, you know, a Mats Nasland, Larry Robinsons and such. And then here we are years later that you still, that we talk about Guy Lafleur and we can prominently remember who he was. Uh, he'll be at the, at my, uh, my last up of this week here. I think that's only fair as uh, one more tribute from, some form of Canadians fans around the world here. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my final up for this week. And on that note, uh, we thank you all for listening and we hope that uh, it was okay that we did something a little bit different than we normally do on today's podcast. And we'll be back to our regular programming tomorrow. Although if anybody does want to talk about Gila Fleur or share memories and you know, we're, that's going to be timeless. Uh, you can talk to us about any of that. You can email us your stories uh, at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. There are some in the YouTube comments that we will be reading later this week. Uh, you can leave those in the YouTube comments as well. Uh, the Twitter account is LO underscore Canadians. You'll find Scott Matla at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. And once you're done listening to this, check out Locked On NHL. Every day they've got something new. They've got power rankings. They'll be following the playoffs. Uh, you know, uh, there's all kinds of, 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 of important news and things that they cover. So check out Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts.